Welcome to Come On You Reds, Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield with you. This is the definitive Toronto FC podcast at Wheeler TSN at Terry underscore Dunfield. We're one game into the 2018 campaign, Terry. We're off on a winning note. Let's just not screw this up. Seriously, the team's still flying. It's great. No injuries in Colorado, which is, yes. I think, the most important. Do you feel like how the team continues to do better, it puts more pressure on us to do a better job? I feel like I need to bring all my best jokes and everything. I feel under pressure. I'm under the gun. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Some of the attention will be taken off of us in the next segment of the podcast. Jack Dodd, Director of Scouting Operations with Toronto FC, is going to join us. Talk about the new signing, Agar Akechi. And some of Did his, I get his name the, right? Agar Akechi from Atletico Bilbao, a huge coup for the club. And, and some of his previous signing, all the homework he does, and, and how he sort of operates uh, with Tim and Greg and, and uh, the scouting department. Real interesting stuff. This is going to be a test for Jack. You know, he, like, he looks and scouts and evaluates talent across the globe. Well, we'll evaluate Jack, and we'll deem whether he'll be good enough to come back on the podcast at some point. That How is that? our third segment. Yes, yes. No, so we'll, no more high five. We'll evaluate Jack. Yeah, uh, the Dumbfield dumpster is coming up a little bit later on as well. But let's start off with that cold, cold night in Colorado. Our producer Renata, she's still on defrost mode right now. As Toronto FC go into Colorado, come away with a two nothing victory in their first leg of the Concacaf Champions League. The cold weather was the lead story, Terry. Um, also worth mentioning, Chris Mavinga, Gregory Vanderveel didn't make the trip, uh, which meant that Nick Haglin and the new signing, the Brazilian Oro, came into the starting 11. Other than that, an unchanged side from the team that won the MLS Cup. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of reason to be excited about the way that TFC played in that victory. I, th I think it's brilliant that it was, it, it was more or less the same side from last year. I, and I think that that's... Uh, that's massive for, for the front office that's been able to keep this team together. It's not easy in the salary cap league. And I, I thought the team approached the game with the real professionalism that we saw in the league yes. all last season. I, I think with all due respect to Colorado, the team weren't really pushed. They, they, they didn't force anything, no injuries. And I thought Alro's debut was brilliant. Okay, we're, we're going to get in, into all of that. The cold weather, it was the coldest game played between two MLS teams ever. I mean, you played in some cold weather before. Uh, the condition was difficult. And even some of the players afterwards were saying it wasn't just the cold. It was the fact that you were just unsure of your footing. And with all things, you know, taken into consideration, the team played very well in spite of the conditions. Yeah, I thought the team moved the ball extremely well. It's, it's difficult. What, what happens is the pitch, the, the top layer will freeze. Yes. But with the undersoil heating, it'll be a little bit soft underneath. So you lose your footing a little bit. And as the game goes on, the ball actually becomes a little bit harder. It becomes a little bit like a stone. So you don't have that same feel when the ball hits your foot. So under the circumstances, I thought the team played really well. The pitch became a little bit bumpy. If you're being a little bit picky, maybe the team can be a little bit cleaner in the final third. But that'll come with time. I think overall, Greg will be very happy, as will the boys. No injuries. And, and again, uh, I like how I, you I keep on saying no injuries. In conditions like that, first can game happen. of this season, I think that's the biggest thing. You want to come through unscathed. And the result is a huge, huge bonus. I thought Javinko as well was brilliant. Well, for me, the man of the match would be some sort of combination of Jonathan Azorio and Sebastian Javinko. 
Zinchenko, and not just because those two players scored the goals. I just thought that both were on top form. Like, Javinko was great over the preseason. What he showed in that opening match, textbook finish on his goal, assist goes to Aro, did a great job picking him out. But Javinko playing like that, like... It seems like he's on another level right now, which bodes well just starting the season. Yes, yeah, a great point you made about preseason. You, you see, we didn't get to see a whole bunch. None of the games were streamed, but we saw some of the clips of his free kicks. And from what I'm told, he was flying in preseason. And maybe playing in the cold is good for Javinko. Some of so many little darts and sprints. He didn't force things. He played simple at times. And we'll go through the game, but I thought he took his goal extremely well. Showed patience, managed the game well. He wasn't jumping and flying into tackles. I, I liked how a couple of the senior players just jumped out of tackles and, and looked after themselves. Yeah, uh, let's just walk through the game because Jack's coming up. We don't have a ton of time, but TFC, I thought they were composed. They started well. There was that nice interplay between Auro pushing up down the right-hand side and Javinko that led to an opportunity. But the chance of the first half fell to the Colorado Rapids. Jack McBean pulls out the back line a little bit. Dominic Badgey is going in all alone. I love the camera shot from behind the goal. Jack Price, his arms are in the air ready to celebrate. But Alex Bono comes to the rescue. Didn't panic. He was very composed. Give him a lot of credit, but that striker needs to finish in a situation like that. I think so. I, I think the pitch played a part if, if for Badgie. I thought the ball was just bouncing around yes. a little bit. And with his strike, he was just a little bit too safe. I think if he gets his head up on a better playing surface and he passes it into that far corner. I thought it was nice interplay between him and McBean. Haglin was a little bit deep. Uh, but, but Bono did extremely well to stay tall, not go down early, and in the end, Badgie hits it right out of It's him. the patience from a young goalkeeper that uh, that's a good look. The new kit looked good on him, too, L by the way. I thought he looked brilliant. Uh, TFC were denied two goal-scoring opportunities by the flag going up for offside. Now, I'd like to protest the first one. Justin Morrow kind of went through. He looked to be onside. Listen, North American broadcasters, and of course, TSN takes a world feed. they got to get the offside replay out there it's mandatory to the game they didn't even show a proper replay but Morrow looked like he was acres yeah. on side yeah it's a tough one maybe the linesman was just trying to stay warm lifting his, <laughs> <laughs> lifting his flag up it, for, for the tsn for that feed actually take a, a CONCACAF champions league stream feed. yeah that wasn't a t yeah, no, that's what i'm talking yeah, about yeah so it's so it's tough to tell uh i, th I think with Morrow and Auro playing so high at times they're going to be threatening that offside line and and i uh tfc it looks as though they've got another attacking outlet down that right-hand side. I love the ball, too, in the first hand, first half Sorry from Nicky Haglin over the top. Brilliant. I think he played in maybe it might have been Altidore, or, but th that ball over the top was good because at times we're seeing Javinko come to feet, Altidore come to feet. The team playing in depth at times back to front quick is good as well. Yeah, and just I, I think we're beyond the point where we just discussed formation because it's a four... 4-2 with a midfield diamond, but Michael Bradley drops so far back, he almost becomes a third center back at time, times, allowing Aro and Moro to get up the field. So no matter how they're lining up, they're playing a similar way, and it's on point, Terry. Like, it's fluid. There's numbers that get forward in attack. Players aren't isolated. 
for me, just in terms of their style of play, they haven't skipped a beat. Yeah, you talk about fluidity. I noticed it a little bit higher up the park with Vasquez at the top of the diamond and Javinko up front in a two with Altidore. Sometimes you saw a fair bit of Javinko coming into midfield, getting yes. the ball. And Vasquez is quite smart. He'd go occupy a center half of Colorado to create that space for Javinko. And now with Auro higher up than what Betashore might be, TFC have another weapon down that right-hand side. What I will say is there might be a little bit more work for the two center halves and Michael Bradley on the counterattack. Yeah, that, that's fine. But, I mean, Michael Bradley, like, he relishes that. When the second when he half, charged down McBean well, uh, in should. the second half. did that in the MLS. He's done that, like, so many he times did that before. to Columbus, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's just, this is what he's all about. Like, Bradley, when he wants that ball, his recoveries are incredible. Uh, that came in the second half after Toronto FC had taken the one nothing lead. Javinko in the build-up to that goal had two back heels. Then he gets the the ball a little bit narrow down the side, plays it to the far post, perfect cross. I didn't know that Azorio could get up like that. <laughs> Got way up there, the 25-year-old, heads it home, first goal of the year, one nothing Toronto FC. The build-up, Terry, just absolutely on point. Yeah, I'm going to go one step ahead of that when I was watching it. I thought it started from a high press, and it put the it did. Colorado backline under a little bit of pressure. And then Vasquez realized that, got tight, stepped in front of his man. He wins the ball on the halfway line. Nice ball to, to Josie, clips it to Javinko, and Javinko's quality to pick out Osorio at the back post is evident. It's clear to see there. What I will say... He gets up. It's a good header. I thought Tim Howard, the more times I've seen it, got the lost. worse it looks. He got lost looks in like his beard. It looks like he almost, on his ice beard, there's a few ice beards <laughs> out there. He, he gives up on it almost. It, it, it wasn't good goalkeeping from the American International, who was already under a little bit of criticism from last season's performances. Yeah, good goal there. Love the second goal as well. That time it was Oro. <laughs> who sets up the goal. Just that ball looks like it's going to run out of play. The fact he was able to cut it back and find a wide-open Javinko, who Harrison dropped way too deep off him, but a good finish Javinko low in the corner. Like the, For me, the tie was done and dusted after the first goal. Now the tie's absolutely done and dusted. Colorado scored 31 goals in 34 league games last year. How are they going to come to Bebo Field and score two goals? And they haven't replaced Doyle. No. I, I thought... They look very average. They look they look almost like a League One or Championship side. Very blue collar. I thought their their back three midfield was more of a back five. It was a midfield three. Just going to the second goal, I, I thought it showed how much it means for Javinko to score. It comes from a corner kick. Javinko actually starts a move and then he sprints 90 yards to get on the end of it. Great ball from Alro. I like the slip ball. It might have been from Altador out to Alro. Clips it to the back post. Javinko's amongst six players in the box. They're all caught ball watching. And then the technique for him to just get his hip over Perfect. top of that ball into the bottom corner. He's not trying too hard. He just he just uses the pace in the cross and his technique to guide it in. And as you say, it's an absolute mountain to climb for the Rapids. The only thing that didn't work out for Toronto FC the other day, and I hate to bring it up, that Altidore attempted finish <laughs> where it was almost out for a throw-in. I'm sorry, Josie. <laughs> it happens. Like, it happens to the best of us. He just tried to hit it with his right foot. Just didn't hit it well. But uh, that's basically the only thing that did go well, you know what I thought? Right. They, I thought the game was a perfect. The teams had an, a good preseason in LA, went to another level in Mexico, and I think that this game was a great stepping stone to now get into the next leg and the MLS because it was a, a level up from 
preseason competition and, and not quite at MLS. So I, th I thought uh, the, the way the game was managed, again, I'm going to say no injuries. It, it couldn't have gone much better. A quick thought on Arrow before Jack's waiting to come in here, but a quick thought on, on Oro because he's a player that you, in, it, he's never played in cold temperatures like that. He's a 22-year-old Brazilian that's played in, in South America's entire career. I thought he did very, very well. The one thing that there will be some room for needed improvement, needs to be able to cut down, close down on, on the attacking player a little bit more. I think he's a blessed, a gifted attacking player from that position, but probably a little bit of a work in progress defensively. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, that might be a little bit harsh because he didn't really have to do a whole bunch of defending down down his right but hand side. But you just side. noticed little things. I, I thought he played cat and mouse quite well. He had the his wing back going the other way a lot more than he was having to defend. Absolutely. I thought he was very good in tight areas on that byline. I thought he found ways to get out of trouble. Didn't give the ball away all game. There was a hungriness to prove that he wants to be a starter. He wants to play every week. He's athletic, comfortable on the ball. And I'm pretty sure from what I saw, he's versatile. He can play in other positions. That's not an over-the-top criticism. It's just young players. There's going to be areas of different players' games where you're like, okay, you just notice little things, I, I think that that criticism might maybe come from because how good Betashore was last year. A little bit and he played a little bit deeper he was more in a slot where Auro was maybe just a little bit more attacking right but in but Gregory Vanderbilt I mean that's his position so my question is like how does this all shake out do you play some more three at the back does he play on the wing can he go over to the left it, this is a good conversation where you're just not talking about a starting 11. You're talking about a number of different players that can play different roles within this team. And competition for places is so important. And also the fact that the MLS and Champions League and Canada Cup, this season's a slog. You're going to need players. Uh, download the Toronto FC app. We are contesting to, uh, to give away a pair of fieldside tickets for Tuesday night. Nice. Fieldside, Terry. Is that like on the bench? Well, maybe you will make the 18. So download the Toronto FC app for your chance to win. The return leg, second leg, we'll look ahead to that in the final segment of this podcast uh, as Toronto FC takes that 2-0 aggregate lead back home. Tuesday night, 8 p.m. at BMO Field. Get your tickets. Weather forecast looking decent as well. Warm weather. It's going to be like Hawaii weekend. compared to the last leg. Yes. And what do you call the the, gra the lay? Terry Dunfield might be wearing the lay out to the match on Ew. Tuesday. Is that what you call it? You mean like you the grass skirt thing? thing? Yeah, the grass skirt. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, no, the lay is the thing that goes around your neck. Uh, the well, grass like skirt. Like the coconut things? Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks for giving us that visual. We'll improve on that with Jack Dodd, Toronto FC Chief Scout, or Director of Scouting Operations, I should say, coming up next on Come On You Reds. This is Come On You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you. We have a special guest, Terry. Very they're, special They're actually going to give us guests from the club this season. No, it'll be good. We're moving on up. We've started at the top as well. No kidding. Let's like, literally the top of the pyramid. I'm not sure what it says on his business card, whether it's Chief Scout, Directing of Scouting Operations. It's the one, the only, Jack Dodd joining us here on Come On You Reds. Was Thank the second one right? second one was right, yes. Absolutely. That's what's yes. on your business card. Director of Scouting Operations, yes. Do you yeah. still carry a business card? I, uh, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. You always run into different people who can be useful connections down the line, so it's, it's always useful to them have your sort of... I haven't carried a business card for years. 
You know, I, maybe, maybe I should. What will your business card say, by the way? I don't know. Gareth Wheeler trying to take care of business. Aww. Something along those lines. 17 jobs. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I wouldn't be able to fit on one business card. But enough about me. Jack, another new exciting signing for the club announced today with Agar Akechi um, joining the club, a Spanish midfielder, creative. What have you seen in the player? What makes him such a good fit for Toronto FC? Um, I think for anyone who heard the press conference earlier, Greg kind of summed it up quite well. He's He's... I guess similar to Victor, um, which obviously, if we can have more of that, that's great. Um, <laughs> no so, uh, yeah, so he's a player who, who works well in space, finds time for himself to play and has a cultured left foot. So when he has time on the ball, he can make things happen with it. And, and you know, the more of those players that you can get in a team when you've got finishes like Josie and Seba, then, then the better it will be for us. It seems like the characteristics, not only being a left-footed player, being a little bit younger at the age mm -hmm. of 24, coming in with a little bit of pedigree, there's a lot to like. How do you go out and find a player like this? Because it's a player that who will become very familiar to Toronto FC supporters, but not someone that would immediately jump off the page, even to the casual fan. Yeah, so I think, I mean, the first point is we always start with Tim and Greg and myself, those guys profiling what it is we're looking for. So we knew two, three months before the season ended, that this type of player, a left-footed or a, left, uh, a guy who could play from the right and come inside or play underneath would be something we would want to have a look for. Uh, and yeah, that, that kind of starts the process. And then once we get into looking at what's out there at the budget that we have available, you kind of narrow down what you can get for the money you've got. And, and then you hone in on three or four guys and, and try and do your work in terms of their character, their the, the, the different things that, that make them stand out and, and then look to pick the best one. It's, it's incredible to me because the world of football is simply massive. Like, Terry, I mean, you, you were a part of it for years, but how you can pinpoint that one target and then inevitably be able to land him. I mean, how much work goes into just finding a player like this? It's, it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot because you have to have, yeah, three, four, five of these guys because if, if player A doesn't work out for whatever reason, you know, in Aguirre's case, it was, you know, could we get him from his club at a price that meant we could pay him what he wanted and afford right. to get him out of the, the club as well. So you have to have other options available to you. And so you're doing pretty much all the work on four or five guys just to sign one. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty that goes into it. I mean, Tim's job at the end of the day, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he obviously has to manage the relationships with all those guys to the end. And then, and then obviously, yeah, you, you land the guy that you, you hopefully want the most. Terry, jump in here as well. How high up the pecking order was he? <laughs> right. He was way up. To be honest, he was a guy that we knew about uh, since mid-2016. Uh, picked up an injury back then, so we kind of just monitored him from, from then on. Uh, and then we caught his... I think I caught his first game back, his first 90 minutes back after his injury. And he'd been out for about eight months. Uh, and he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. For a guy his age to come back from that long... Without playing, uh, he was excellent. And so he kind of comes back into the process as we, we start to look for that player. And, and yeah, so he was way up there. Way it, up. It, it's incredible from, from uh, now that I work at the club in the academy and, and watching Jack operate. His office is, is around the corner for me. He's in at 7.30. He's one of the last to leave. 
He likes a long lunch, but no. Uh, <laughs> um, it's well deserved, quite frankly. But what I will say is one of the biggest difference from when I played at the club to now is is, is how forward thinking the club is right now. And there's never and you never get the feel of a panic signing if a player gets injured or Ben Washeru retires. It's 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 uh, there's a lot of work that goes into these signings. There's a ton of video. Jack's always on Y Scout. He's got the fanciest computer here, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're saying also going to games is important as well. Yeah, it is. It is. I think it's it's an important part of the process. I think you can learn most of the things you need to learn from watching a player enough times on video. I think once you get to see them in a live environment, you just get to see the little bits and pieces that you don't get caught by the camera. So, you know, how he behaves when he's 30, 40 yards away from play. Is he getting himself ready for transitioning into attack rather than taking really defensive positions? Things like that. Just how he operates in terms of yeah, being way away from the ball, you get to pick up those little extra bits and pieces. And usually we tie in the live view we're trying to meet with the player as well. So it's a, it's a good point of reference in terms of character assessment and that kind of thing. TFC directing, Director of Scouting Jack Dodd joining us here on Come On You Reds. Yeah, that's another interesting one, talking about their character, and, and we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. But another thing that's kind of cool, any player that plays for Atletico Bilbao, where Akeche's come from, they have to be from the region of north of Spain. So that's kind mm -hmm. of cool. And so the team's all from a certain region in Spain. What, what, what's incredible to me, just even looking over the last couple of years in terms of the rec recruitment with this club, Victor Vasquez comes in. Obviously, just an incredible talent. Chris Mavinga fit in to a T in this team. Nico Hasler, a very good player. And now there's going to be a lot of excitement, not only about Akeche, but Auro as well, and of course Gregory Vanderbilt, who comes with quite a significant resume behind him. As the chief scout, someone that's kind of right in the middle of bringing all these players in, do you get nervous until you actually see them play within the team system? Or are you really confident beforehand that these players are going to work out? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, obviously until a player sets foot on the field, you never know exactly how it's going to work out. I think the confidence comes from the amount of work that we put in. I mean between myself and Tim and Greg and our three other scouts, we get through a ton of footage on players and meetings with the players, their representatives, catching them live. By the time a player signs, we should be confident that we've made the right decision between us. It's not a, they're never snap decisions or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, generally confident, but never, never 100% because you never know how things are gonna pan out. It's a different league, it's a, it's a different environment, different cultures, different weather even. So players that come to, to a new country, they, they just may not take to it. B because in, in a salary cap league, yeah. like, it's, it's very different than a lot of leagues around the world where you can just bury a player. It doesn't work out. You know, it's it's bad business, but yes, yes. of course you can you can move on. In this league, it's much Paul, more difficult. Paul, Paul. Leave Pogba <laughs> out of this. But uh, no, no. But 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 seriously, when you, when you're looking at this league, um, and I'm not being critical of other clubs, but there's players that don't work out on a regular basis. But TFC, I mean, this club's track record in recent years has taken them from a good team mm. to an excellent team, Jack. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, well, I think without wanting to be disrespectful, it was easier in the first couple of years because the team wasn't at the level that it's at now, clearly. Uh, I think now it becomes harder to improve that team, you know, uh, to, to replace Stephen Batershaw, who probably pound for pound was as good a right back as there was in the league last season with guys that we think are better is not an easy thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it, like you said before, it takes plenty of work to make sure that you are confident enough that you're getting it right, yeah.
There's been a lot of talk about Auro's performance in the first game against Colorado. I thought he was excellent, but within the training ground here, there's been a lot of talk about how quickly he's fit into the group and his character. When you're looking for a player, how important does uh, the player's character become? Yeah, it is. It's really important. I think, uh, and I don't, I don't know Auro personally particularly well, but from his situation the previous year, where again he had a he had an injury, frustrating last. 12 to 18 months, you can see in the way he's taken to training and taken to games that he's hungry. He wants to play, he wants to prove himself, and he wants to, to compete for that spot. I mean, he's got a hell of a competition with, with Gregory for the right-back spot. The, the good thing for him is that he's versatile as well. There's, there's other places he can fill in in. Uh, and again, as you saw by his performance on Tuesday, he's, he's easily capable of making this 11 and, and playing in this league. And I think, yeah, his hunger was a key thing. He from the moment we contacted him, he was clearly keen to come to Toronto and play football. So that's an important thing with a lot of these players. Again, you know, again, I didn't play a whole a lot in Bilbao. Victor, the same even in, in Mexico, wasn't a, a consistently regular starter. And I think that actually brings with it a plus point that you get players who are hungry just to be on the pitch. So that's, that's always important. But now there's competition within this team as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, that, and when you're looking at this group, they're built to win right now but now with the new signings, with Auro and Akeche coming in, these are young players as well. Like, I just wonder how much of your job is balancing, yes, we want to win right now with keeping an eye two, three years down the road to see where this thing's going to go. I think ideally you're looking for both, right? <laughs> yeah. yes, it's not want, easy. Yes, it's not hard. To, or it's not easy. win right now with guys that can win for another three or four years. I think that's always the ideal thing. I think... The issue you get in MLS is that the budgets aren't such that you can always go out and get those age of players that are ready to win stuff straight away. But yeah, yeah, there's always a there's always a balance. But I think at the moment the team is in a in a shape whereby we can take this this current group for at least a couple more years and, and expect to do well with them. Yeah. With TFC doing so well, is it easier to sell foreign players on the club now? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, winning helps. It, it, you can see it in terms of the, the attendances for games and you can see it in terms of the players that want to come here. Winning is, is the biggest thing to attract players. Uh, I have to shout out actually our, our creative department at, at MLSE because uh, they, they help us with how we present the club to a player and, and some of the work that they do uh, and, and the way that Tim is then able to use it when he, he presents the club to a player really, I think, sets us apart from a lot of teams in the world, not just in MLS, I think. Jack, are you cool if we talk about you for a minute? Uh, I'm less comfortable, <laughs> less comfortable with that, but yeah. I know, well, no, sure. I, I know I've, that got, you, I've got a series of big questions. He, to he ask, likes to lurk in the shadows. Well, well, he likes to lurk in the shadows. No, he, he does. He's not like front and center like Tim Bezmachenko. Um, yeah, you could phrase that slightly. Yes, maybe. no, no, no. I, I like lurking. It, it makes you seem that much more mysterious. But. Uh, Didn't. A lot of people will be listening saying, I would love that job, being a director of scouting or even a scout for a club team. How did this all come together for you? Like, how did, how did you elevate to this position and get into this field? Because uh, I couldn't play. Actually, <laughs> um, Actually just yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. So on a Friday, we play staff games. Yes. You played in the yes. two wheels. In, what, two years of playing staff games, a year and a half now? He's yeah, not crossed true. the halfway line once. He, just sits he, in he knows his role. He knows his role. What's that all about? Why did he never leave the goal? So when I did play, <laughs> again, not particularly deflection, not particularly well or successfully, all I did was run because I wasn't that good. I would, but I could run a ton. And now out there, I feel like my level versus everyone else's is somewhere near the middle, so I can kind of 
pick and choose the amount Smart. I want to run, and I figure the least place to run is, is sitting back. Plus, I get so, to mark you all the time, right? So you like Javinko? Yeah, the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like a like a lazy Drew Moore. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this come to be for you? Like, you know, what was kind of your the steps that you took to getting into this position? Uh, so yeah, I I I finished university. Uh, I stopped playing at any kind of level when I was about twenty four, twenty five. Uh, and decided that uh, I wanted to, to do something in the game. It's the only thing that I really had a, a genuine passion about. So I'd start, I, I looked into coaching. I did a couple of the coaching badges back in, in England. Uh, and it just wasn't, wasn't for me. I, don't, I didn't feel like I could hold a crowd of, of people and, and get, you know, get them to do what I wanted regularly. So I just figured something where I was a bit more individual was probably better suited. Started looking into scouting. And I, I got a job with a, a technology company uh, called Scout7. Uh, and my role there was originally to help them build a, a piece of uh, IT software that scouting departments at different clubs could use. Storing information, shortlists, reports on players, that kind of thing. Uh, through that I got a ton of connections and, and that worked, uh, that was the, the best thing I, I ever did in terms of a, a career choice. And yeah, from there I met different people at different clubs. I ended up with four and a half years as an academy scout for Liverpool another year as a first-team scout for Crystal Palace, and then uh, Toronto FC was a client of ours at Scout7, so through that I met uh, the AGM Corey Ray, mm -hmm. introduced me to Tim. We got talking about the, the club scouting department, or, or lack thereof, when, when Tim got here, uh, and, and things kind of went from there in terms of, we, we threw ideas back and forth, and, and they asked if I would be interested in, in coming on to, to set That's a big up. move. Huge, Come, yeah, yeah. Huge, you know, were, yeah. Were, was there any... Uh, tepidation. Was there any reluctance to make the move over? No, to be perfectly honest, no. Once I once I'd been here the first time and met with the guys, met with Tim, and, and again, you know, he 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 sold me his vision for the club just the way he does to a to a player. Uh, and and once I'd been to the facility, met with him, uh, and met with Corey, it, and, and seen the city as well, it was a no-brainer for me. It was it was yeah something I was very very keen to do from from very early on. Yeah. I could have sworn the accent was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> so that's a nice story. Fooled me. That's Great how, story. That's how I work in the shadows. I, get, I mean, different accents, move around, and yeah. Jack, just before we wrap up, this is going to be a tough question. We're, we're not going to let you off the hook too uh -oh. easy. Where are you going with this, Terry? So because you've had so much success and the club have, can you pin it down? Who has been, who have you been most surprised by of all the signings that you've been a part of at TFC? Have a moment to think. Yes. Um, for, most, first of all, for, for, the, it for the context to... of our listeners, like how long have you been at the club for? Uh, three and a half years. Okay, so yeah. th over the three and a half years. Yeah, September 2014, I joined, yeah. Terry, that's a tough one, man. Uh, okay, Dude, now I'm, I'm sure it's. He's, he's going, he's going. I, most surprised, most pleasantly surprised, and it came at a, a really good time, I would say Armando Cooper. I caught Armando Cooper, we'd seen him play probably. I don't know, nine months before he came here. I saw him live about three months before we signed him in the uh, Copa America or, or Gold Cup uh, in one game in, in Florida, and he was excellent. And we kind of bounced around what it was we were looking for, just as a, we didn't have much, much salary cap space left, what we were looking for in terms of an addition to the squad in the summer, just as a little shot in the arm to kick us on for, for the, the back end of the year. And, and we really got down through a bunch of different options and, and we landed at Armando really, really late in the window, maybe two or three days before, and it was a, it was a proper last minute. Well, I think the signature was in seconds before the, the deadline was up. 
and it was really kind of you know we we liked the player we 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 think he might help us to some degree and then when he came in actually I thought he performed probably beyond my personal expectation I thought he was going to be a good guy to push Marky and Oso at the time you know for for to get the best from them and in the end he ended up coming in and being a, a regular starter and played really really well through that that playoff run that got us to the first final uh, so yeah for me that was a real pleasant surprise and, and also we knew he would do well. He, I think, he exceeded expectations, and, and yeah, I think what he brought in terms of uh, you know bringing the best out of people around him at the time, uh, just a little shot in the arm for the, for the group in general. I thought was yeah, it was really pleasing. He'll, he'll be missed, and we'll be watching the World Cup this summer. Right? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Against England, yeah. <laughs> Against England. Bossing, sorry, Wales aren't, the Wales aren't there. Well, I remember okay. my Armando Cooper story. Very rarely, so we were playing Panama with Canada. A left back, I won't say who it is, <laughs> but I was rooming with him. We come back to the room, and you don't really talk about a game if you've been beat. You sort of fake watch Netflix or <laughs> texting. or That's sort of how you operate in the room. You get a bit of room service, and you get ready to fly home the next day. But my roommate, the left back, who was playing against Armando Cooper, says to me, Terry, was it that bad? Because <laughs> he twisted him up. His legs were still tangled up on the bed. Was it that bad? I said, yeah, mate, you got roasted. Yeah, no kidding. Well, so oh, there's, there goes your battery. You know, talk on this one. Talk on this one. So then, literally, probably a year later, Armando Cooper comes to the club, and I'm thinking to myself, I know this guy. And there he was. But it's interesting Jack says that. What about Mavinga and Vasquez? I guess the, the thing with those guys, and you, can, and you can go back through everyone that we signed from, from Josie and, and Seba in late 2014, early 2015 to Victor and Chris last season, because of where they've played and because of you know, the, the profile that they already have, there is a certain level of assuredness that you get when you sign someone like that. You, you, you expect, for want of a better word, that they're going to come in and be the guy that you've seen them be previously. For somebody like Armando... Which, sorry, I can. Uh, would you put Benoit Cheru in that category of safest houses? A hundred percent. Yes, safest houses and one of the coolest players you'll ever see play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for someone like Armando, he was you know he was back playing in in Panama, which is not a great level. He'd been in I think in Germany before that, where he hadn't really played at all. So we only really knew him from his appearances for the Panama national team, which, with the greatest of due respect, is is you know it's a a, a limited level, but. Guys like Chris or Victor, they'd walk into those teams every day of the week. So with those guys, you, you have a real good feeling that you know what you're going to get from them. With somebody like Armando, it's still a little bit of an unknown, I guess. So that was, yeah, that was why it was kind of most pleasing, I think. Good stuff, Jack. Uh, honestly, I, it's fair to say this is the best segment in Come On Your Reds history. It's Are, really you good. confident in that? Yeah, no, it's, uh, just thanks, thanks so much for coming just on, Just narrowly edging out the debut performance of their, the debut edition of the Dunfield Dumpster. <laughs> so, but that's all with that. Great stuff, Jack. Congratulations. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Looking forward to see these new players get out there and Do play. Do we have time and... to ask him one more question? Do you think Pogba is Pogboom or Pogbust? I think he will be Pogboom in the end. I do too. In the end, did you hear that? Yeah, but again, this is what the magic of Toronto FC is right now. You know how the team is playing. There's a clear way style of play formation. You need to be able to bring in players into a defined system. I don't think Manchester United has a system right now. I completely now. agree. I think, which is, again, is for us is a useful thing in terms of recruitment. We have a good group here with a good coaching staff. If we put good players in there, they, they, should, they should swim every time, right? Whereas something like Man United, they're, they're just flooded full of attacking central midfielders, of which he's one. And 
I don't think he's found his, his niche yet, and I think he will because he's a good player, and when he does, they'll be better for him. Here, here. He is Jack Dodd, Director of Scouting Operations for Toronto FC, bringing it right here on Come On You Reds. This is Come On You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield. How good was Jack Dodd? He was the man. He was all, he's been chomping at the bit for a little while to get on here, and he did not Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about your job here? We can, we can replace you. Know, you. you know, I'm not... <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to sleep soundly tonight knowing that the future of Toronto FC's players are in good hands. Right. That aren't here. Got you. The, the future of the club. It's, it's going to be healthy as long as Jack Dodd is around. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Thank you to Jack for joining us. That Tom was awesome. Man. He's, awesome he's, honestly, he's, he is a really good guy. Works his socks off and... Evident, he's very good at what he does. Uh, some housekeeping to do was at Footy Talks last night. Nice. I some saw the clip. Tim hit me up and he said, you haven't got him his ball yet. Sign ball. Remember the contest I last left year? it at reception for him. You did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he said, we'll, we'll arrange. Tim, if you're listening, he's an avid listener of the podcast. We'll get him the ball. How did the, Ivan, how did the Footy Talks go? It was good. Ivan gave me this jersey. It was Toronto, Croatia. He gave oh, me this. Oh, that is so cool. So, and, he, and he told me to ask you about your time playing in the CSL. You played Toronto, Croatia. I did, yeah. It yeah. was. Uh, Give me a jersey. I, I love. I love uh, me to show number you that. fourteen, Dero. Yeah. That was his. That's his. <laughs> that's like his uh, eagle celebration or what? Very but cool yeah, of yeah, Ivan. Ivan's top man. Uh, does a lot for the community and uh, huge uh, Toronto, Croatia fella. And yeah, I love playing in the ethnic CSL. Good stuff. Never now, a dull moment. We're, we're going to get to your dumpster in a moment, but let's look ahead to the second leg. Uh, our full MLS season preview will be on next week's podcast because there's business to be done Tuesday night at 8 p.m. kickoff. I think Terry and I are going to be on the radio broadcast for Tuesday night. Nice. That hour pregame. We'll get our postgame show back up and running on Tuesday. Uh, 2 nothing lead in aggregate. Hit us up with your calls after yes. the game. Uh, 2 nothing lead in aggregate. TFC has to feel comfortable coming back home, a place where they only lost twice over the course of every game and every competition last season. What an incredible... That's unbelievable. What needs to change in the second leg, or what are you going to be looking out for in the second leg? I think more of the same from TFC. It'll be interesting to see whether Akache or Vanderveel maybe comes in and gets some minutes. Or Mavinga. Yeah, I'd like to see see Oro get another start. I think he deserves it. We'll see whether he can continue on that form. I think he'll enjoy playing on the big pitch at BMO. Uh, I I expect more from Colorado. I I think they've had a new manager, Anthony Hudson. He'll he'll spend some more time on the training ground with his players. He'll have learned a lot about them from their first competitive game. I think we'll see a Colorado team that would like to play a little bit higher up the pitch. I, I thought that times at home they were extremely deep. They looked right. like a back five with three screening in front of them and it attached two way up the pitch. I think they'll come out. They've got nothing to lose at this point, and, and I think they'll play higher up. They'll try to press TFC a little bit higher, put TFC on the back foot, and, and that can... It's just if they can score trouble. goals. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, but, but I think playing the way they did in the first leg... They, they're not going to score. I was I, impressed with Enzo Martinez, a player who played in USL last year. Yeah, but he was he, the best player. Yeah, he was good. Also, the, uh, the midfielder with the beard, Price. I Jack thought Price. He was, I thought the two of them were dogged. Uh, but I think, I think with all due respect, uh, to win championships in, in MLS, you need more than that. TFC is going to be buzzing to get back home. Oh, I, like, it, I think there will be a skip to the steps for the players. They're playing for places a little bit uh, for the home opener on Saturday. 
uh, it, it's just set up perfectly. I'm, I'm so happy the way it worked out that it's the second legs at home and you're not flying all the way to Colorado and you're chasing minutes on the training ground, sleep uh, with a with a long West Coast trip before the season opener. I, th I think it sets up perfectly and um, more from Javinko, maybe a little bit more from Altador keeping the ball. Uh, I, I thought Vasquez was good. Jonathan Azorio was excellent. Um, he, he's playing like he's hungry still. I thought everyone was great, quite quite frankly. I thought that just the, it was a complete team performance and I think an emphatic victory. It's more about how they play rather than the scoreline come Tuesday, which is weird to say in a cup competition. Yeah, I think it's all about the performance. And I think, we'll, again, we'll see a professional TFC, TFC team manage the game and, and whatever's thrown at them from Colorado, whether they sit deep or whether they come out and press TFC a little bit higher. I think TFC will be ready for that, and they've got the tools to counter it. Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on TSN, uh, 8 p.m. kickoff down at BMO Field. Time for the Dunfield Dumpster. Watch you. It's going to be a, a weekly fix. That was a dumpster closing, by the <laughs> that was way. Hilarious. Uh, who are you throwing, or what are you throwing in the dumpster this week? I'm going to have no mates by the end of the season. That's the whole That's point. That's horrible. Everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to be like the boss. You're like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> okay. That's what you are. Okay, I'm going to try it. This is a, it's an easy one this week. And someone actually hit me up on Twitter and said this should be the Dunfield dumpster, and it's perfect. I'm sorry to do this, but I was so looking forward to Besiktas versus Bayern Munich in the week. And I'm so proud of Atiba in the quarterfinals of the Champions League again. Uh, what an outstanding career he's had. But unfortunately, it was his pass oh. that led to the sending off. So I'm going to put that into Dunfield's dumpster. So the ball that Atiba sent... That that's what you're putting well, you in there. I didn't need to clarify. I think our no, listeners okay. got it's that. Okay. No, no. Listen, it's even where the captains are banned. Plenty to be proud of. It happens. And I think it's his and first Bayern mistake. Was pressing high too. I think it was his first mistake he's made in three years. Right. So okay. unfortunately, bad timing for the mistake. I would just clarify. You I'm were putting throwing, it in the dumpster so it goes away. You were throwing the ball in the dumpster that he sent, not Atiba himself. I was trying to I was trying to have your back on that one. All oh, right. Oh, yeah, and so. then, then everything that happened afterwards. Yeah, and then, that, that, that kind of ended the tie. Okay, good. No anti-Manchester United sentiment. I'm not going to throw any more of that out. No. So that was all that 40 Talks was. I'm, it was Caldwell, KJ, Sharman, and Dunlop just <laughs> bashing United. That's why I'm like, okay, I got to leave early. I just walked out. I tuned into it because I was struggling to <laughs> sleep, actually. <laughs> you must have missed our segment, though. We were on flames, buddy. Nice. That's good. I think that's all the time. I'm we actually trying to get ready for the cup final on uh, Sunday. Right. I, I, I guess you won't be watching. Oh, City, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal just lost to some Swedish team I've never heard of in my life. What about Roy Keane? So. Oh, also uh, sense. It's, a cool, it's a cool story. What about Roy Keane coming out and saying Jack Wilshere is the most overrated player in the world? He put him in the dumpster. <laughs> that was dumpster. Who does Roy Keane like? <laughs> Seriously. Nah, I bet you'd like Greg Vanny. He likes company. his dog. I used to see him walking his dog all the time. Did you? And Drew Moore. He liked Drew Moore. Yeah, yes. I actually have a segment I want to pitch with Vanny, me, and Drew, we all have bulldogs. I want to have a segment, dudes with their dogs. And just we all are walking our dogs, talking about our dogs, and talking about football. We'd have to get Caroline like, back too because she and her dog. Caroline's cash. left us. And 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 <laughs> we're we're now in the Maria era. Okay, right, Terry. Right. Does Maria Hi, have a Caroline? Dog? I, I don't know. No, but the whole segment is dudes Dude. and their dogs. 
we talk football, we talk dogs. That is instant hits on YouTube. Just tag that. We Man, bring your dog huge. in. We bring Reese dog in. Reese Bulldog will be a star. You know who you could get on as well? Danny Dicchio has a bulldog. And Danny Dicchio. Look at this. I could Deech, rent a bulldog. Deech, Drew, Wheels, <laughs> Vanny, and Terry at his adopted dog. <laughs> rent a dog. <laughs> Yes. Who let the dogs out? Who, who? How did I not think And we're that? not talking about Terry Dunfield out in the town on a Saturday night. <laughs> All on right, that man. note. All right. <laughs> it was a lonely Valentine's. Uh, listen, a fun first week. Great to have Toronto FC football back. Wait till I get my neck tattoo. Oh, Instead of a bear claw, I get a dog paw instead. Oh, nice. Oh, I need to borrow Reese to go around Yorkville. You know the rock there? I, I know. Just... Yeah, yeah. You need anything that can help <laughs> give you any kind of game whatsoever. Uh, that's it. New signing, a catcher. Welcome to Toronto. Great news. TFC wins. One win away or a result away from moving on to the CONCACAF Champions League. And the regular season starts March 3rd next Saturday at BMO Field. On behalf of Renata, Alex, he is Terry Dunfield. I am Gareth Wheeler, and this has been Come On You Reds.